Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. So today, I had a busy day because I'm getting ready for my grand puppy's birthday party tomorrow. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Martha, plug your ears because you're not going to like anything that I have to say. And I also found some super cute puppy hats that I can crochet. Oh no, <laughs> she's done for. Hopefully I thought like they were like hats like the crochet hat hats. <laughs> she's, she's, she's texting me. It's first thing in the morning. I'm just having my coffee. And she says, aren't these cute? And she says we picture this freaking crocheted hat for a dog. A, dogs don't need hats. I can get the sweater thing. I can get it. I can understand, you know, it's cold. If if a dog like Echo, you know, she doesn't have very much fur. Great. But it's humiliating to put a bonnet on a fucking dog. I'm sorry. It's not humiliating. It's adorable. They have such, they have ones that have frog eyes. Jesus Christ. They have like ones that look like little bonnets from like the 18th century. Exactly. It's a fucking Easter bonnet. Come on. Your puppy needs an Easter bonnet. My puppy has her dignity. (laughs) I just like to say that Bonnie was up so early this morning because she texted me about our email address or our emails that what we wanted to keep at eight o'clock this morning. She's like, are you up? And I was like, yeah, my first That's one. Because I text Martha and she didn't answer at me. Seven. Oh. At <laughs> the <seven>. whole bag. <laughs> yeah. So if you give your dog clothing like that or a hat, can he claim his freedom then? Does it work like Dobby? Dobby. I think it should. <laughs> and then Master he should be able to. Me freedom. And he should be able, he, she, it should be able to bite you in the fucking ass for dressing him like a weirdo. Some dogs hey. like it. How do you know they like it? Can you ask them? Because they wag their tails and they look happy. Not Echo. She doesn't like it. I put glasses on her and I think she thought I took away her birthday. But, you know, it is a great idea if you want to make money. Oh, yeah, because people will buy that shit. Exactly. I am in the far minority in this particular case and all of our book girls out there are screaming at me right now for being such a bitch (laughs) (laughs) i think it's adorable i wish echo would wear clothes but she won't god i always think about those chickens wearing pants (laughs) would you say chickens in pants is just funny it's it's hilarious dogs in pants is hilarious (laughs) dogs wearing you know what? Every time I really need a laugh, I picture a dog wearing pantyhose. Because that's the funniest oh, yeah. thing you've ever seen in your life is a dog in pantyhose. <laughs> Dogs are not supposed to wear clothes, Bonnie. Well, I mean, Where just a hat or a dog sweater. It's not like I'm putting Echo in a three-piece suit or something. Which would also be adorable. <laughs> I was going to say, you totally would do that. Footy pajamas. <laughs> they have them for 
dog. That's so wrong. Like I said, it's a great entrepreneurial idea. I will still mock you relentlessly, but I support your right to do that. I think it's adorable. I had a I would horrible make it experience as- trying to make a sweater for my dog once because it was, you know, most dogs, sweat, they, they cover their backs, but yes. they leave their bellies bare. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, my dog has a hairless belly. He always has since the time he was a puppy. He's got a big bald patch on his belly. And we used to say, it's got to be cold when we're walking him in the dead of winter and it's, you know, zero it's degrees. It's really out. cold and up there. Yeah. So, yeah. So I tried to make kind of a reverse. It was like a vest that would cover his belly. And then it had straps and and long pieces of crochet sticking out of it that I would try to secure around him with Velcro. And it was it was the most, most misbegotten piece of crochet work ever in the history of the world. Plus I made it out of all my scrap yarn. So it was just like random patches of different colors that didn't go together. Talk about humiliation. We have, we have a picture of him somewhere that it's just him standing there going, oh, for God's sake, don't make me go out the door in this thing. <laughs> well, what you should do is make one that has a flap with buttons and then you can just swing it around and put the buttons. I think through. I think we need to share that picture online. <laughs> Poor Charlie. I'll have, it was, uh, Ron had it. So I'll see if he, if he can find it again. Oh my God. There was a, uh, uh, business that used to be in Mustang on my way to work. It was called Hot Dog, H-A-U-T-E, Hot, oh. <laughs> Hot Dog. Hot Dog. And I, I'm pretty sure they were a dog clothing boutique. Probably. Yeah. I think it's a nail place now. I don't think they're there anymore. I could be wrong. I'm going to have to look next time I go by. Human nails or dog nails? <laughs> you know, I'm not yeah. real sure about that, but I think the pandemic might have killed that one because they were there Maybe. for a long time. And I was always... Maybe they get like matching pedicures. Get your nails and your dog's nails done. At oh, the you are on to something There's there. The business. Yeah. Ooh, you are on I to something there. I have a feeling there. that might be a moneymaker, Pat. <laughs> yeah. You need to copyright that. Yep. TM. <laughs> you have the little harness that you put your dog in, pee-proof mm-hmm. harness. Like you have the chair, like you're in a chair, and then the dog sits next to you in the little harness. So it can't move, its paws are out, it's immobilized, and then they can do your nails side by side with your dog and you can coo at it all the while. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a, a cute clip on TikTok. I'll have to see if I can find it again. It was like this cat who doesn't like his claws being looked at. And so like the owner had made an agreement with the cat (laughs) that she would do like one fingernail like a day, (laughs) like just check one. And he burrows his little nose like into her arm. And she's like, let me see. Like, we're just gonna look at one. And (laughs) he starts like whimpering. He's like, like cat whimpering. She's like, are you crying? (laughs) Like you ridiculous cat <laughs> no he's probably going i'm gonna eat your no, face it was, no he had his little like like burrowed under her like the nook of her elbow and was just acting like he was crying he was just kind of like sniffling <laughs> it was so cute but like so sad <laughs> now cats are awesome they don't take any shit pat your cats wouldn't wear those unicorn horns you made for them would they they well what, who was it? It was Callie uh, or Toaster. No, Toaster wore it all right for a while. 
<laughs> that's not fair. But toaster's handicapped. Easier to get, you know, easier to capture it. Oh, <laughs> we, we have we have no shame about laughing at our handicapped cat. Yeah, but you shouldn't take advantage of your handicapped cat. Here, let's put it on toaster. She'll do it. Yeah. That's just mean, Pat. <laughs> Never said I wasn't. <laughs> In general, they do not like to have things. Only one or two of them will hold still for having their claws clipped. My dog put on the fairy wings one year, but it was only because she couldn't get them off because they were on her back. You ever try to brush a cat's teeth? Mm, no. That does not go well. Why would you want to yeah. brush their teeth? Because the vet, to. every time you go in, the vet says, you need to be brushing these cats' teeth. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, but I just, I, I finally admitted that I'm just a bad cat mom. It's like, I'm sorry. I prefer to keep all of my fingers. I'm selfish that way. That's sort of like when you go I to the dentist brush. and the dentist says, have you been flossing? You go, yes. Nobody flosses. Oh, no, I straight up lie to Nobody my dentist. Nobody flosses. Every- yeah. We all or I don't, lie. I straight Pat. up tell the truth. He'll be like, did you floss? No. Pat Mm-mm. uses her uh, water pick religiously. I we know this. Love my water pick. Yeah. <laughs> and I hated to floss. Then I, <laughs> I lied to my dentist. <laughs> Everybody lies to their dentist. Nobody tells the truth. I, I used I used a water pick when I had braces to like get underneath oh, yeah. the brackets. I had one when stuff, I had braces too, but never after that. I'm kind of almost looking forward to this. I was just getting my teeth cleaned at the dentist a couple days ago, and the hygienist there was a new hygienist, and she was well, she was really thorough, and she was asking me all about my dental cleaning routines and everything. And she <laughs> said, "Do you ever do you ever put a cap full of Listerine in your water that you use to water pick with?" And she said, it's really good for that. But she said, be warned, it makes you foam like a mad dog. Seeing what this is going to be. Well, especially if you get the peroxide kind. In fact, she said, if you don't have Listerine, you can use peroxide. 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 That will make you foam like a mad dog. Yeah, Yeah, it will. I don't know if we have any dentists who listen. We know we have have a vet and we have nurses and we have doctors. I bet we have some dental hygienists out there. Speak up, girls. Let us know. Do you know your patients are lying to you? Yes, we need (laughs) to hear this. You can tell by looking at your teeth that you don't do whatever you said. They're muttering under their breath the whole time they're cleaning your teeth. (laughs) Stupid (laughs) bitches. Why do I even bother asking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to floss all the time because... Let me tell you what, my teeth cleavage likes to hold on to food. Yeah, we t- mm. I think we talked about your teeth cleavage in one of our big enough. Freaking whole a- Slim Jims are yep. up there. Big enough to <laughs> save a Slim Jim for later. Yep. If I'm hungry at night, all I have to do is floss my teeth and take my bra off. I have a whole nother meal. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of disgusting. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> I like the term teeth cleavage, though. It's much better than just that space between yeah. your teeth. You know? I got teeth it. Cleavage. Look at this. My gum gaps. <laughs> I got my teeth cleavage. I got, a, I got a full inch right now where they took that tooth out. No. Oh. Mm. I am not. You have to chew on the other side. Yeah, it's a whole mm. huge gap in my. Yeah. I'm going to. Mm. I don't know. That the food just falls out. That's no cleavage. I can't chew That's on that. Yeah, I can't chew on that side at all. Yeah. I can't wait to get that tooth in. But now I'm worried about it because I'm like, God, it took me so long for to feel better after having it out. And now they're going to well, drill. Well, putting the tooth back in is not the problem. Uh, yes, it is. They drill 
into your fucking bone. Yeah, but then after that, then they just screw the tooth in and it's fine. Yeah, but it's the drilling part that I'm kind of feeling apprehensive about. Don't they knock you out for that? Yeah, yeah, they do. No, yeah, Yeah, they. they, I was gonna say you better be out cold. Yeah, (laughs) at least I. They knock. They knock me out when they took it out too. Mm -hmm. You don't just Novocaine and go. No, they had to go up and get the root. It was a surgical. They had oh, to surgically go up oh, there and get it. Oral okay. surgery. If they're it's just like, pulling, then they just no, they had numb to, you up. They had to go up and get the roots that were clear. Gotcha. In fact, I can still press right Feel there it? and it still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling they didn't get it all. I bet they I did. I should have known, you know, when I was in that, um, de- in the oral surgeon's office. And, you know, usually when you're in an office where they're going to operate on you, there's like real clean, nice surgical environment. And in this one, they had a big red toolbox and a straight up drill. I think you went into the wrong office. Maybe they were doing (laughs) renovations. I don't know, dude, but I'm thinking, you know, Ron has a nicer, cleaner shop. (laughs) Did it say um, (laughs) dental construction on the front of it? Because it could be you went to the wrong place. Big Ed's tooth pulling service. I'm Big no, Ed. I'll pull no, that sur- tooth right out your head. The surgical unit is ba- out back in the garage. Just come with me. <laughs> we got some nice bucket seats that we can push in to lay you back. Yeah, my cousin Earl, he's a meth dealer. So I think he can probably hook us up with something to knock you out real good. That and he's real used to pulling teeth. Oh, <laughs> Bonnie! <laughs> Speaking of uh, missing teeth, Bonnie... You got any missing teeth in your World War II, whatever you're doing this week? Hold on. I don't even have anything pulled up yet. Hold on. Okay. I don't even know what the hell I'm oh, but did we, So we, talk about, we talked about that TikTok, right? About the World War II books. And the one thing I realized that we never talked about, we always talk about them facing away or like a partial figure. I never noticed all the books have airplanes on the front. Sometimes they have ships, though. Don't forget the ships. But off, most often it's bombers. I just thought that TikTok was funny because I was like, oh, we never talked about the fact that there's always some kind of plane on it. We always talk about the girls walking away or a partial girl, but we never talked about the fact that they always have planes. Hey, I'm doing a World War One book and there's an airplane on it. See, exactly. <laughs> so there's no tooth pulling in my book, but there is destruction of a face. <gasps> Ooh. Mm. So that's pretty close. Yikes. I mean, guy gets his cheek blown off. That's yeah, Ow. yeah. That's gonna take some oral surgery, or at least that's gonna take a little, isn't, little something. Isn't there a uh, barber surgeon? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think didn't barbers used to be surgeons? Yes, that's yeah. what I said. Barber yeah. surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. They don't talk about anything like that in this book. Um, this is the book that I'm reviewing this week. is called Bluebird by. Genevieve Graham. This is a, like I said, a World War One book, not World War Two. Yay me, branching out. Whoop, whoop. And this is set in two separate time periods. Um, it starts out with the main person, and her name is Cassie, and she's a museum uh, curator. And I don't know if she gets a call or the guy comes in. I can't remember which, but it's a gentleman who is uh, trying to flip a house. So he bought this house that has been on the market for a really long time, Is has been sitting dormant for a while, 
and he's fixing it up and he goes to knock down one of the walls and finds a bunch of whiskey, homebrewn whiskey. And he brings it into the museum because he can tell that it's old and, you know, it's in this wall. He's not quite sure what it is and he wants to see if it's worth any money. Well, you find out pretty quick. So I'm not really giving anything away that the person that he talks to, Cassie, used to live in that house. But very few people know that she used to live in that house. Then it kind of goes back from that to 1917. And the main character, his name is Adele, and she is a nurse in one of, I can't remember what they call the unit that she's in, but she's overseas and she's nursing soldiers that are coming in right off of the line. And the dress that they wear is blue and white. So they're called bluebirds. So that's where you get the title. And you just taught me something new. I never knew that. I didn't either until I read this book. Imagine that. <laughs> and uh, there's two brothers that come in that are part of a tunneling company that tunnel underneath to bomb the enemy. And um, there's been an explosion in one of the tunnels and the brother Jerry has gotten his face blown up on one side. Mm. So when he comes in, she has to like sew him up and everything on his one side of his face. And his brother, I believe his name was John, wasn't hurt that bad. But Jerry is in the hospital for a while trying to recover from his wounds. And there's a little spark happening between Adele and Jerry. World War One part of this book is over pretty quickly. And then Adele goes back to her hometown in Canada. And it's right in the midst of prohibition. Uh. And in Canada, a lot of people and entrepreneurs would sell whiskey to the people across the river to America where it was illegal. Yeah, just send a raft. And you could make a lot of money. So all of yeah. these boys coming back from war and didn't have jobs, so they went into bootlegging and made a, a shit ton of money. And um, it kind of has almost like a gangster mobish quality during the bootlegging because there's so much money that can be made that people are crooked. They pay off police. They pay the police to raid competitors' uh, warehouses and to confiscate all of their whiskey and their booze so then they can't sell it. And it, in turn, the other person sells more whiskey. There is one of those in this book, the bad guy. Because there always has to be a bad there guy. Has to be a bad guy. And so, sorry, everything just something just fell off my bookshelf and scared the shit out of me. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just have an earthquake? Like that should not we, have fallen. We might have. Maybe I, I felt a little I something. I was like a fucking petrified piece of like tree just fell off my wall. So this kind of turns into almost like a love story between Adele and remember what his name was but and plus at the same time it's telling the story of this bootlegger family and why there happened to be 
family brother's whiskey walled up in this house that he's redoing, remodeling and everything else. So it was a, it was a pretty good book. It got a little too romancy for me. I don't really care for the romance part of it too much, but there was a lot of interesting things like the whole prohibition and the Canadians selling the whiskey to the Americans. That was kind of interesting because, you know, I've read books about the American side of prohibition, but not about the Canada side. And they were under different rules for prohibition. Also, like they could have restaurants and bars could sell alcohol, but they had to either order food with their alcohol or they had to have some kind of performance where alcohol was served. So like they'd have like a dancing chicken so that they could sell a chickens drink with pants. To, exactly. Chickens <laughs> with pants. They had chickens with pants so they could sell some alcoholic beverages. As if that would make you laugh hard enough just on its own. Chickens are funnier after a drink or two. So it it was a really good book. I would say that this would be a good historical fiction for somebody who doesn't want quite the emotional roller coaster that a lot of the books I read have, because it wasn't quite as sad as, say, uh, Tattooist of Auschwitz was or Librarian of Auschwitz. And has a little bit of that romance in there, a little bit of mobster gangster stuff going on. So it was it was pretty well-rounded. And I think a lot of people would find something that they would really like in this book. So it was a pretty good read. I enjoyed it. I probably wouldn't give it a full five just because it was just a little too much, a little too much romance cheese in there for me. But a lot of people like that. So, you know, no judgment. That again was called Bluebird by Geneva Graham. So it's pretty good. Megan, I bet you you would like it. It sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Just enough romance to kind of give it that little bit of cheese factor. Mm -hmm. But a lot of good historical facts in there too. Yeah. You're talking about history just reminded me that I completely dropped the ball. I should have found a Titanic book to review this week. Is this the oh, anniversary of the Titanic, Titanic anniversary? Yeah, oh, 110 years. Shoot. We're time traveling, though. So really, it would have been like three weeks ago. But <laughs> I just yeah. thought about that. Should have thought of it. Dang it. Mm. <sighs> yeah, if you want to do any references to anything, it's got to be three weeks ahead. So look three weeks yep. ahead to all the <laughs> kind of his. So it's almost Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. I bet Pat has some sci-fi something up her sleeve. Actually, no, I've got a, I've got an action adventure sort of. So the book I read is called Dark Sky. It is by C.J. Box. And uh, it's one of his Joe Pickett series. Uh, There are a bunch in the series. I think at least like 15, if not more. And plus, I just found out that they also have made a TV series out of it, which I haven't seen. There's one season that exists. Joe Box or (laughs) CJ Box writes about Joe Pickett. And Joe Pickett is a Wyoming uh, game warden. And a game warden, for those of you who don't know this, has a lot of power, especially up there. I mean, they can pull you over for speeding if you're going too fast in bad conditions. And I know this because it has happened to me. 
got pulled over by the game warden. And in, in this particular book, Joe is tapped by the governor of Wyoming to lead a very special elk hunt for a particular client. And it's this bigwig who wants to go on an elk hunt and experience what it's like to kill his own food. And yeah. um, the character, he goes by the name, or at least the nickname, Steve Two. But he is a thinly disguised version of Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. I can't imagine Zuckerberg hunting anything. Well, yeah, he's described as being tall and skinny and ginger haired and uh, extremely wealthily privileged. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he runs, let's see, the, the social network that he runs is called Confab. But uh, yeah, that's pretty thinly so veiled. <laughs> yeah. So he's. Yeah. He, posting like crazy on here and they take so they take him out on this hunt but not too it does not take long before you find out that he may be hunting an elk but someone else is hunting him there is a there is a local a local outfitter who had whose daughter committed suicide and he blames it on bullying on this social network and so he's out to get him and uh, so it, it, the hunt, you know, things things come to a head pretty quickly. And then it's like groups of people lost, you know, in different parts of the, the woods trying to get back down to safety before someone else catches them. And it's, you know, he he doesn't pull any punches. There are a lot. There's a there are several, several deaths, several, you know, bits of lots of violence. But it's uh, it's a pretty good, you know, if you enjoy an adventure story like that, a, a thr- it's a thriller, thriller, a thriller slash Western slash adventure. Um, it's well-written. It moves along quickly. Joe is kind of a fun character. He's a little, he's kind of in the same vein. If you were a Longmire fan, he's, he's kind of a curmudgeon about modern conveniences and carries a cell phone reluctantly and doesn't really, you know, <laughs> there's no service up there anyway. <laughs> yeah, leaves all that stuff to his wife and daughters, and he just he just wants to be out there and be a game warden. So, but uh, if I found it pretty enjoyable, and I would certainly be uh, open to reading more books in the Joe Pickett series. So, and the great uh, thing about the Joe Pickett series also is that you don't have to have read them all because no, this- each one has its own personality so to speak because all of the things are different I mean that's a great thing about a game warden is they they run into all kinds of situations yeah this was the second to most recent it just came out about a year ago uh out and like I said the there are at least 15 of them and I didn't feel like at any point I was going what the heck is going on who's this person why are they there it it's it did very well standing on its own but it did make me, it entertained me enough that I would say, yeah, I'd read another one of those. So sounds that like, was Dark Skies by C.J. Box. Sounds like that might be one our uh, 40 to 70 year old men might enjoy. Yes. They might. I would, yeah, I would think that guys would really yeah. enjoy these. My husband I mean, a, likes, a thriller Western, I think yeah. that, yeah, that's my, right my up husband, his alley. My husband likes C.J. Box novels and is continues to read them. He's also the author that the TV show uh, Big Sky yeah. is based on uh, some other books of his. Yeah, and so. as a matter of fact, I reviewed one of those books right after Big Sky came out because I noticed that it was based on a novel, so I wanted to read it to see if it was following the book very closely. Yeah, it's good. All right, so I'm going to play 
Keith and myself today because I have a YA romance. <laughs> Double nice. it up. Double down. Um, I'm reviewing Prince Charming by Rachel Hawkins. And I've had this book on my shelf and on my TBR for a minute. I just hadn't gotten to it. It is super cute. So our main character, Daisy, she's 16. She's from Florida. She, you know, works a crummy cashier job at like the local mom and pop. It's supposed to be kind of like a Walmart, but not quite Walmart. But the kicker is her older sister, Ellie, is currently dating the crown prince of Scotland. Now, in this universe of this author, Scotland has its own monarchy still. Hmm. So that was slightly confusing when I started reading because I was like, Scotland doesn't have a prince. What the actual fuck is happening? Yeah, I mean, you saw the look on all of our faces when you said that. All of us were like, (laughs) (laughs) So in this universe, the the Tudor or uh, Mary Queen of Scots and her family have been in charge of Scotland the whole time. So this just go with it. I don't know why she made that choice. It's she I don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to make it like William and Harry type thing. So she's like, let's just make Scotland. She's an American who wrote this. Okay. I was going to say, what so. is she, a Scottish separatist or what? <laughs> a, ja- a Jacobite in 2020 still. <laughs> Being like, we're taking it back. Um, so just roll with it. Because if you don't, you're just going to hurt your brain. So she ends up engaged not l or ellie ends up engaged to the crown prince of scotland whose name is escaping me right now and then of course the paparazzi start digging for even more about ellie and her family they end up in florida and daisy just broke up with her boyfriend who decided it would be a really great idea to make some money and sell a story to like the daily mirror version of like a scottish tabloid and so the tabloids show up and are like snapping pictures of Daisy, like leaving work. And she was like, what is going on? Like, no one cares about me. And then she goes home and finds out that they got engaged. And that's the ex her Daisy's ex-boyfriend had kind of sold her out basically to make some money, which clearly went over well with her. He's already an ex. Now she hates you a little bit more. So the, the crown, so to speak, decides that Daisy should come to Scotland for the summer so that they can control the narrative and like kind of teach her the ropes and how to toe the line as the sister to the future queen of Scotland. And of course they immediately, the tabloids like, Ooh, maybe she's here to date his little brother miles. And it's going to be like the sisters marry the princes and this whole thing. And you want to like miles. And then you quickly realize that he's just like, an ass that he they they in the description they call him the roguish younger brother he's the partier um he typically doesn't have a lot of tabloid scandal but he's in the tabloids a lot because he's always kind of up to no good and he just he decides that he's going to kind of push himself on daisy and she's like i have no interest in you whatsoever please go away Um, Her friend comes over to visit because they were supposed to go to like this book con type thing in Florida over the summer. So the royal family calls the author and is like, guess what? You're going to make a stop in Edinburgh on your UK tour so that this girl will come to Scotland and be under our thumb. And the author's like, sure will. So her friend comes over and she's just head over heels for Miles because she thinks he's just the perfect prince. And we learn a lot more about Miles. And there's a friend of the family 
and I can't think of what their friend, they were kind of like the Brat Pack, but they weren't called that. I forget they what they called them off the top of my head right now. Um, and one of those friends kind of gets assigned to Daisy and it's just really entertaining of the kind of the enemies to to possibly lovers scenario that happens with them. And she makes a lot of missteps. She insults like the Duchess within five minutes of being at like a big, like, uh, what was it? It was, uh, I don't think it was a, it might've been a polo match. They might've been at a polo match. And one of the duchesses is kind of being snotty and she tells her that she's being snotty. So that doesn't go over very well. <laughs> so it's really, it, it was truly like an American author wrote a book for Americans about what they think Scottish royalty life would be like, if that makes sense. Yep. Yes. (laughs) I recommend it though. I enjoyed it. It was a cute read. I'm glad I read it. I gave it, I think I gave it four stars, but probably more like four and three and a half stars. And that is Prince Charming by Rachel Hawkins. And you just have to read to find out who... Daisy ends up with, or if she ends up with anyone. I was going to say, maybe the princess saves herself, Megan. She might. She might. She's feisty, little 16-year-old ginger. Her description in the blurb is offbeat 16-year-old Floridian with mermaid red hair. Speaking of mermaid red hair, we totally forgot to congratulate Jessica. She got married. (gasps) Yes, she did. She got married to Garrett, the whore in the corner. Yep. I know. He's no longer the whore in the corner. I know. She made, she made an honest man out of him. Yeah, she <laughs> did. So I, I'm sorry. I no, that's it. That That's true. We did forget to thought us. of that. Yes. But when you said Ginger Mermaid, I was like, that's totally Jessica. It is Jessica. Yeah. Yes, it Our is. Our Jessica. Her pi- I mean, the, from the pictures, it looked like a really nice wedding. Everybody looked gorgeous. She had a real old-fashioned kind of dress on. I yep. expect nothing less. I feel like she would have like a fairy no, old. She was, yeah, she deal. just she she didn't have an overly foofy wedding, which I thought was nice because she's not an overly foofy person. No, Correct. no, it wasn't overly foofy. When I said it was beautiful, I mean it was elegant. It was elegant. Yes, yeah. very elegant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stun the room by not doing a sci-fi or a horror. You did a romance? No. (laughs) Not a romance either. The princess saves herself! (laughs) Anyway, actually, this, this book and this choice has a backstory. And the backstory is, remember from season one, Kelly Talent, who was on the show a bunch of times, Yes. Um, she then moved to Texas and then moved to Tulsa and now she's moved back and she works for Cumulus again and so now we're co-workers again and the other week uh, it's been I don't know maybe a year ago something like that she brought me a present to work and it was one of those blind date with a book So the Mm -hmm. book was all wrapped up and there were a few quotes on the outside and she had been in this store and she picked it up and read what was on it and said, Martha's going to love this. And she gave it to me. And of course, it sat in my office for a year because it was a hard copy and I'm terrible. But I finally got around to reading it and it's called Back When We Were Grownups by Ann Tyler. 
I love Ann Tyler. Yeah, she's she's amazing. And I always like what I read from her, but I never pick it up on my own for some reason. (laughs) But this set of characters and the main character in particular were so fun and funny that it really sucked me into the story right away because you know I love a really good snark. Now, what makes this book really interesting is that it starts when... Rebecca Davish is 53 years old. She is a grandmother and is beginning to look back on her life. And she sees that she's not who she thought she would be. And she doesn't recognize herself at all. She has become the person who does all of the things for everyone and who behaves in a way that doesn't really fit her personality because of her family situation. And I'll explain. She goes to a party when she's young. I think it's an engagement party for one of her friends that she goes to. And she's dating a guy at that point. She's young. I don't remember exactly how old she is when she goes to this party. So anyway, she goes to this, I think it's an engagement party, and she's all dressed up for it, of course. And this is when people got dressed up. She's wearing this really pretty dress, and she has her hair done up. Um, And she ends up meeting an older guy who has recently lost his wife, and he's got three kids. Well, she falls in love with this guy. Even though she's got a boyfriend and she's had the same boyfriend since forever and everybody just sort of always assumes that they would get married, but she just totally falls in love with this guy and with his family because they're all there at this party. And so she ends up taking on an instant family is basically what it comes down to. Wait a minute. He's not a widower. I think his wife left him. Yes, his wife left him. Um, She just basically took off and abandoned the children and went to live in London or something. And so he's raising these three little kids. And the house that they live in, well, he dies um, when, I want to say, she's in her 30s. And so... She's been taking care of this family by herself for a very long time, is what this comes down to. But she has created this persona of an outgoing, party-giving, you know, just really gregarious individual, which isn't the way she is at all. She's sort of done it out of necessity. And her adopted family has this big house, and they decide to start giving parties in order to make money. And so she takes over that business when he dies and whatnot. And so it's it's the kind of house that, you know, they've got caterers there and everybody sort of pitches in and they do birthday parties and weddings and, and that sort of thing. Well, she's going through this... It's, it's pretty much a midlife crisis where all of a sudden she starts to think of what her life would be like if she had followed the original path. Now that all of the 
kids are grown, you know, and she's got grandkids and stuff, but she starts to think about herself for the first time. And so she calls up her ex-boyfriend, this guy that she left, and she goes out on a date with him. And it's just really, it's really interesting. I know everybody has had thoughts like this where the person that you thought you'd be with or some guy that you dated that he broke up with you or whatever, you've always wondered what life would be like if, if you had ended up taking a different path. And that's basically what this book is about. You know, the examination of a life that could have been and maybe a, a look at how you might have behaved differently if life had been different. I really enjoyed it, but mainly because the main character was so funny. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a book that took itself too seriously, but it still had a serious side. So I still enjoyed a lot of the conversations that she had and the way that she went about everything. And it was just a really different book for me. I never would have chosen it for myself. And the fact that Kelly gave me this book is the only reason that I read it. So... Sometimes things work out even though you didn't plan them, as did this book and as did me liking this book because I gave it four stars and I did like it a lot. Once again, it was called Back When We Were Grownups by Ann Tyler. Awesome. I love Kelly, though. She's awesome. Kelly's she, awesome. You know, she came in the other day and she's like, I just stopped in to say hi to my favorite cumulin. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, that is so cool. I want a T-shirt that says Cumulin on it. So I, I, I said, Kelly, you got to tell Mary, our CEO, that you came up with that. And she's like, no, she won't think it's cool. She got an a email back from CEO that said that was Did a great she? idea. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. awesome. That's awesome. So I'm a Cumulin at heart. Kelly said she would love to be on the show again sometime. So... I am holding her to it, and we will have her out at some point. Next time we need a guest. Yep. Well, she has just literally moved from Tulsa. She has been commuting back and forth because we were all working from home anyway. So right. So now that everybody's back in the office, she had to physically move back to Oklahoma City. So Aww. she's just, <laughs> just getting settled now, and she will most certainly be on the show soon. The only person awesome. I know that talks faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> Mile a minute. She has a lot of energy. She has way more energy than should be allowed by law. <laughs> so much energy. If she was a dog, she'd be doing zoomies. She would. She would. All around the office. All right. Now let's get back to chickens with pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we were talking about? They're not, about? Them, uh, not chickens, but I love those videos of like little dogs that the outfit has like fake front, like they put their front legs in it yes. and then their heads in it. And it just looks like they're like a little teddy bear. Sort of like that viral, <laughs> the viral video of the dog with the spider costume on where yes. it looks like yeah. a big furry spider and it comes chasing people. Yes. It's like, it's holy shit, that's a big spider. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I saw that video, I thought it was a big spider and it's just a dog in a costume. They just we, look so cute and they look like little teddy bears like in, like, or little lions. It's like Yoda. And they, yes. Yes. Yeah. When they're little, for some reason, I, I know that this is not 
an e- not a good equality type mindset. But when I see a little dog dressed up, it doesn't bother me nearly as much as when I see a big dog dressed up. So you don't like it when I bring Echo over and she's wearing her winter sweater? But that's different. She's skinny. She doesn't have any meat on her bones and she doesn't have a lot of fur. So it's okay. She thinks it's weird when a golden retriever is dressed up as a teddy bear. Yes. (laughs) I think it's weird when people put boots on their big dogs if they're not out. Like, because I know that there's... There's boots that they put on dogs that have to go out into the the brush and the stickers and stuff. They put boots on them so they don't get stickers in the process. I get that. But people who are walking down the city street with their dog wearing fake high heel boots. I don't know about the high heels, but city street in the winter especially. Yeah, the salt that they use to clear roadways. Real bad for dogs' paws. Oh. It hurts their paws. That's fair. That, enough, and it's I guess. so cold. If you're if you're going to take them for a long, long walk, their paws get too cold, and they can get frostbite. What about wolves? What about wolves? They have different pads on their feet. They've adapted, That's and they're outside they're so all the time. They're just mad because nobody will buy them a pair of boots. God. Damn it. Yeah, there had to be a reason. They're just mad because they didn't get the luck of the pet draw and they have to stay outside of the wolves. Yeah, that's why they howl all the time. You, They're saying, I want boobs. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> I think the, a wolf would bite your face off if you tried to put boots on it. <laughs> no, really, you'll like it. It's cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think there is something, you know, the bigger the dog, the less likely you're going to see him in clothing. And maybe, maybe the big dogs, you know, you don't well, see many like Irish wolfhounds with a sweater on. No, no. it's really <laughs> hard to find patterns for larger dogs. I have to convert patterns. So like, you're saying that plus size pooches are discriminated against in the pattern they industry? Are. Yes, <laughs> they are. Listen. My dog can is 60 pounds and she can rock a summer dress the same as a six pound dog. I swear to God, I will mock you if you put her in a summer dress. I'm just saying I will do it. I'm going to do it and bring her over there just because I'm going to make her a bikini. I will no, put it on there. social media. I will mock you. I'm going to make one for Chloe. My dog will not be wearing a bikini. I bet Chloe would eat that up. She'd be like, look at me. Not on my watch. <laughs> I bet you she'd do it for a treat. I bet you that she's a whore she's for a, a treat. She's a whore she for a treat. She'll do anything. She'd do anything for Klondike. She bar. acts like she's, she's like, never had a treat in her life every time you go in and out like, that back door. She's like Patty the daytime hooker. She'll do it for a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> She'll oh, be like, sorry, if you give me two worker. treats. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, if you give me two treats, I'll even like strut the yard. <laughs> Do a little fashion show. <laughs> More pictures? More treats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's not dumb. She knows. She knows how to work the system. Clearly. Yep. Chickens and bikinis. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen those videos with the chickens with the fake arms? Now that oh, is my fucking God. That's hilarious. hilarious. If so I had chickens, need. I would totally put arms on them. 
Make him a bikini top and put those little fake arms on him and let him run around. Oh my God. <laughs> because then they'd be touching their boobs all the time. <laughs> my boobs are bigger. <laughs> Of course, that might just get Patty the daytime chicken sex worker <laughs> sent to the slaughterhouse. Oh, <laughs> Her breasts god. are just too big. Oh my god! <laughs> Look at how them breasts are coming right out of that bikini top. Time for the slaughterhouse. <laughs> Sorry, Patty. <laughs> I I feel like do you get an upcharge then? Like, do you get to pick the chicken with the like bikini top? Be like, that's the one I want to eat. Like, oh man! Take your own chicken. It's not a lobster tank, Megan. It's a chicken. It's a chicken yard. Yes, I would like to eat that chicken, please. She just looks really, real stylish. She looks really <laughs> stylish and really like, on the juicy side. That one running into the fence post. That's the one I want. I want my chicken you, to be Wait, dumb. wait, I've got the best plan ever. You could give bake them the old juicy velour tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> so they say juicy right on the ass. <laughs> All right. With that haute couture, that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.